Stories of Light and Delight by Manoj Das The King and the Squirrel Once upon a time there was a king who was very proud of his matchless position He was young well read and intelligent and none of the youths of his kingdom equal to him in strength or valor Moreover he was the richest man in the kingdom one day while strolling in his garden he said to his wife old minister i am sure no one would ever dare to boast before me i am glad that i'm superior to everybody in every aspect the old minister who generally agreed with everything the young king said did not reply he did not even smile the king was very surprised why my good minister why do you keep quiet he said the minister smiled and replied my noble lord to be quite frank you can never be sure that no one will ever push before you though it is a fact that you were superior to everyone in the kingdom it is quite possible that there are some people who will not realize this everybody has his own vanity often it is seen that even a weakling considers himself the boldest of knights so somebody ignorant of your superiority may boast before you some day it would be wisest to ignore him to take notice of vanity of others is to lose one's own peace of mind while the minister was talking a tiny squirrel jumped forward and climbed a marble column in front of them in his front paws he held high a coin so the king and his minister the king was amused on seeing the king smile the squirrel chanted i have got so much wealth how much has the king pity how he eyes me with jealousy and suffering the king was furious he rushed at the squirrel before the minister could say word the squirrel slipped away but dropped the coin the king pocketed it and looking at the minister smiled with satisfaction the minister however did not say anything that evening the king and his minister were discussing some important problems with the ambassadors of the neighboring kingdoms suddenly from above they heard the squirrel chanting if the king is so rich and so proud it is with my wealth i disclose this aloud the king's blood boiled he was enraged but he had to control himself as he was in the company of honored guests the squirrel hopped from pillar to pillar and repeated his verse the ambassadors heard him 
but did not laugh or say anything lest the king feel offended after the guest had retired to their rooms the king searched for the squirrel he looked everywhere but could not find him anger made him restless and he could not sleep at night the king always began the day by giving alms to the poor the next morning while he was distributing alms the squirrel appeared near the door and chanted how proudly he distributes alms but it is not my world that adorns his plums the king asked his attendants to capture the squirrel but the squirrel managed to slip away the poor king had to conceal his anger once again a few hours later when the king was just about to lunch the squirrel peeped through the window and chanted it is so funny that with my money many a dish the king would release the king was so enraged that he could not swallow even a morsel of food his attendant rushed around trying to capture the squirrel but the squirrel was nowhere to be found early that night just when the king was about to start his dinner the squirrel appeared in front of him and repeated the verse that made the king give up his lunch the king felt absolutely helpless he took out the squirrel coin from his pocket and hurled it at him the squirrel picked it up immediately but on leaving he chanted victory to myself the mighty squirrel to all the people i can tell the king did return all my wealth out of fear for my strength like a mad man the king ran after the squirrel but again the squirrel disappeared once again the king had a sleepless night throughout the night the squirrel's ward hunted and taunted him in the morning the king told the minister i think i saw summon all my soldiers and order them to kill all the squirrels in the kingdom that is no other way for me the minister replied my lord i understand your anger but there is no certainty that our soldier will succeed in killing all the squirrels in the land there may be millions of them spread over our confluence in the dense forest of our land where men cannot enter and on the lofty peaks of our mountains besides a squirrel does not need a passport to enter our country so squirrels from neighboring lands may power into our kingdom our soldiers who are so brave in battle would feel disappointed and unhappy when asked to fight squirrels and more so when they see that they are not altogether successful 
Then, if by chance the naughty squirrel which is teaching you escapes, all our effort will be wasted. And what will your people say and the future historian write about you? Would it not be funny for the students of tomorrow to read? Once upon a time, there was a king who led his army against squirrels. Then, what should I do? asked the harassed king. My lord, simply ignore the squirrel. If you had paid no attention to him when he first appeared in the garden, or if without getting angry, you had just listened to his idle boast, you would not have been so upset. However, it is never too late to change one's attitude for the better. A little later, the squirrel approached the king and again chanted that the king had been obliged to return his wealth out of fear. The king remained unmoved. He smiled and said gently, Who does not know that the mighty squirrel in wealth and wisdom can easily excel a king or a monarch as the yan of a hen? excels in expanse the mighty ocean. The squirrel was taken aback. He looked at the king in surprise. Then without another word, he vanished and was never seen again. The Whisper Many, many years ago, in a small village, there lived two boys, Raghu and Raju. They were of the same age and studied in the same school. Raghu was honest and hardworking. Both his parents and his teachers were proud of him, but Raju was different. He was clever but dishonest. He cheated in his examinations and copied the answers of other pupils. He only loved himself but was adept in deceiving people with false smile and sweet words. Raju disliked Raghu because Raghu refused to help him. Raju had often asked his assistance when he wanted to steal or cheat, but Raghu always said, Whenever you need my aid for good deeds, I will gladly help you, but I will not assist you in wrongdoing. After completing their studies, Raju lived to live in a large town. Raghu lived modestly in small village looking after the few acres of land he had inherited from his father he was very popular and was much loved by the villagers many years passed raghu and raju's path did not cross no occasion arose for them to meet again but one day news reached Raghu that the king impressed by Raju's cleverness had appointed him prime minister. Raghu was not happy to hear this because he knew Raju was dishonest. Neither was he happy 
as he never worried about what did not concern him now one day raghu had to go to the town to buy goods for a festival in his village he reached the town at noon it was very hot and raghu was tired and thirsty seeing a palatial building nearby he entered it and was about to ask a servant for a glass of water just then the owner of the house appeared and exclaimed in surprise raghu what are you doing here raghu could hardly recognize raju raju was sumptuously dressed robes of finest silk fell in great folds as he advanced gold necklaces and diamond rings glittered in sun sparkling light and a dazzling turban of gold and silver with a sparkling sapphire in its center adorned his head moreover raju had become as fat and as round as a tub raghu greeted raju but raju did not reply instead he said pityingly how miserable you look raghu and what wretched clothes you wear and i suppose that you have come all this way on foot it's sad that you didn't even have a mule to ride if not a horse now look at me see how i look like a king don't i and look at your clothes and look at my house even the gods envy me it is only through merit that i have risen to this position but you being a blockhead have not even a mul i may be poor raghu replied but i am quite contented and you know that i am not a blockhead if i wanted i could become as rich and as powerful as you but i would hate to use your methods shut up screamed raju if you are that abo then why have you come to beg at my house i have not come here to beg replied raghu i was thirsty and i only come to ask for a glass of water i did not realize that this was your house not a drop of water for you get out shouted raju in a voice shaking with fury all right bhaiya i am leaving replied raghu calmly turning away but raju was not satisfied he ordered two servants to lift raghu physically and throw him out on the street then raghu spoke with anger i have done you no harm if you unnecessarily humiliate me on misfortune will befall you raju shouted back 
You say you have done me no wrong? Did you not refuse to help me during the examinations? Well then, now I will humiliate you to my heart's content. What can you do to me? You cannot punish me. I am the king's prime minister. All the other ministers are requited by me. The king's commander-in-chief is my friend. The treasurer is my father-in-law. The chief justice is my brother-in-law. Do you understand? You will all come to a sticky end, Raghu replied as he was thrown out on the street. A few months later, a bearded stranger approached the king when he was alone in his garden. After presenting many beautiful gifts to the king, the stranger said, My lord, every day I shall secretly give you fifty gold mohors. In exchange, you must permit me every day to whisper anything I like to you for a few minutes while you are in my in your court. Well, I don't see any harm in it, replied the king. The next day, while the king sat in his court with all his ministers and officers present, the stranger pushed his way up to him. The king beckoned him with a smile. The stranger, with his lips almost touching the king's ear, whispered, it is a lovely day today. The sun is shining brightly and there is not even a wisp of cloud in the sky. But while he whispered, he glanced at Raju Upton. Then he slipped the gold mohors into the king's pocket and left. Raju, the prime minister, followed him and asked differentially, what were you discussing with the king, Honorable Sir? And why did you look at me so often? This was just what the stranger, who was none other than Raghu in disguise, had predicted. The disguised Raghu replied, How can you ask me to disclose the secret the king and I share? Raju's fear redoubled. Kneeling down, he placed a hundred gold mohors before Raghu. I will give you hundred, another hundred gold mohors in the evening. Please tell me the secret, he besieged. Raghu pretended reluctance, but after some persuasion said, The matter is very serious. Several people have reported to the king that you are corrupt. The king has asked me to inquire into the charge. And what did you report to the king today, Honorable Sir? Asked Raju anxiously. I told the king that I was still looking into the matter, replied Raghu. Have mercy on me, Honorable Sir. I will give you one thousand gold mohors promised Raju. I shall see what I can do for you, said Raghu gravely. The next day, Raghu met the king again and whispered into his ear. Early this morning, the wind blew fiercely from the north. 
now it seems to have been northeast direction but while he was whispering he looked repeatedly at raju the king smiled at the nonsensical words of the stranger he was pleased to get 50 gold mohurs daily in return for such a trifling favor when raju with a heart as tormented as a fish caught in a net met raku the latter told him that the king was satisfied for the time being that the prime minister had done nothing objectionable raju thanked him and paid him 1000 gold mohurs the next day when raku was whispering to the king about the mist and diesel outside he looked repeatedly at the commander in chief the commander in chief reacted just like the prime minister so raghu received another 1000 gold mohurs in the course of the next few days he managed to alarm all the ministers the treasurers and ultimately the chief justice for the 50 gold mohurs he gave to the king every day he accumulated more than 10000 gold mohurs then one day when the court was crowded and courtiers of your officers and commoners were all present raghu stood before the king and said my lord all these days i have whispered nonsensical words into your ears today this bag will unfold something useful with these words he threw down a silken bag in front of the king The clanging of 10000 gold mohurs sounded like a melodious whisper to the king's ear. The king smiled. He thought the stranger a little odd but asked, "Would you please explain?" Raghu narrated all that had happened and pointing at the mohurs he said, "This is conclusive proof of the falsehood which surrounds you." If the prime minister and other minister had been honest officer if the commander had done his duty faithfully if the treasurers and the chief justice had been incorruptible then they would have not have been by nick stricken simply because i looked at them the king immediately realized that his officer were unworthy of their position they were all corrupt their conscience was not clear and guilt kept them constantly in fear the carriers raju and his colleagues had built on the seat and lies collapsed then and there the king appointed raghu his prime minister soon raghu found a team of honest hardworking men to occupy the vacant post under the king who had now grown wiser